0: Read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views.
1: Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. Despite the myriad challenges they face as a result of inadequate funding and the interference of meddling politicians and self-appointed culture warriors, North Carolina's public and higher education systems continue to generate a steady stream of new and exciting innovations. And earlier this week, I got a chance to learn about one that's being launched in the Triangle. Thanks to a new multi-million dollar grant, the Durham Public Schools are partnering with Durham Tech Community College to start a new high school program for students interested in pursuing healthcare care careers after graduation. The program will enable students to attend an early college in which they'll be prepared upon graduation to enter any number of several high-demand healthcare careers. And earlier this week, I sat down with the president of Durham Tech, J.B. Buxton, to find out more. Well, J.B. Buxton, welcome back to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us.
0: Rob, thanks for the invitation. Great to be with you.
1: An exciting new development, Durham's public schools and Charlotte Mecklenburg schools will each get really a lot of money, millions of dollars, right, to start a new high school program for students interested in healthcare careers after graduation, and this is a big coup for Durham Tech's middle college. Remind our listeners about the middle college and how this grant will help.
0: Sure. So North Carolina has long been a leader on the early college front. We've got a range of middle colleges, which are generally 11th and 12th graders who come to a high school on a community college campus, and then early colleges where ninth graders come, and it's a four-year program, and students are getting not only high school diplomas, but depending on how the the approach is built, a college degree at the same time. And that's what this one is going to be. This will be an early college. So we'll take the middle college that exists, expand it to an early college. Students will come in ninth grade. And then over four years, they'll be in one of four pathways that will lead directly to employment, should that be what they choose to do in Duke Health or another healthcare system in the area.
1: What kind of jobs are we talking about if you go to work in Duke Health when you're graduating from this program?
0: Yeah, what's incredible about the healthcare is arena is just how much it's shifting and changing from an occupation standpoint. And so, you know, we all know as we grow up doctors and nurses, and then you get into these into this work and you realize there are medical assistants and surgical techs and all these different roles. So we're gonna have four specific ones that individuals can can choose from. One is nursing. So we put them on a pathway to become a nurse. The second is allied health, and that's a range of roles that you can do from phlebotomy, as an example. Clinical trials, which is a major need in our health systems as we go with drug development, the hospitals themselves, the health systems are, themselves are involved in the clinical trials process, and so that will be a pathway. And then finally, surgical techs or surgical technologists, folks involved in in surgical endeavors in the university. So you'll be able to go through one of those four and then immediately be prepared with the degree or credential you need to enter that field upon graduation. You'll be a college graduate and you'll be eligible for employment. A lot of our students we think will do that. Some we think will go on and continue their education and certainly something that we support as well. But the great thing about this, Rob, is Duke Health has committed to hire 50 to 60% of the graduates.
1: That's a pretty amazing fact. So the, the program won't start for a while yet, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. So it'll start fall 2025. So we will transition the middle college into an early college in the, over the next couple of years. We'll start with 100 ninth graders in the fall of 2025 and then add a new class each year. And So over the course of four years, we'll get up to a full 9 through 12 early college high school that will have 400 students.
1: How are students going to find out about this? How will they even get directed into to a program like this? Do you have thoughts about how that'll work? Absolutely.
0: So the first thing is we'll be heavily engaged with Durham Public Schools. It is a Durham Public School high school that will sit on our campus. and So we'll be heavily engaged with Durham Public Schools, starting in elementary school, really, talking about the pathways that will be available for students who are interested in healthcare as a possible career but will also work directly, and Durham is is rich in community-based organizations that are youth-serving organizations. So think about the Durham Public Schools Foundation, Made in Durham, Student U, the Emily Krzyzewski Center, Emily K. Center, Boys and Girls Club, CIS. I mean, the list goes on. And we have had initial meetings. They all supported the work of the grant, letters of support to Bloomberg, We've had initial meetings about ways in which they're going to put this on on the radar of their families and students with whom they work so that a lot of our community organizations and neighborhoods will understand this in addition to what they learn from their schools, personnel at their schools, also with these organizations that are working directly in the community.
1: We're talking to the president of Durham Tech Community College, J.B. Buxton. J.B. has served our state in many, many capacities over the years, both at state and county level. We're talking about the new program that will be launched in Durham to funnel and grow the cadre of healthcare workers we have in our state. The Durham Public Schools, obviously... Maybe are one of the more diverse districts in the region. I assume that having this housed at Durham Tech will ensure a lot of our new frontline healthcare workers will reflect the communities they serve, right? That's, that's an issue, I would think, in the healthcare world, along with sort of this just general shortage of of workers that we have in this field.
0: Rob, that's right. And I appreciate you bringing that up because for Duke Health, that was a particularly important objective for this plan. And part of why they wanted Durham Tech and Durham Public Schools to be together on this. I mean, we're about 70% non-white in our degree-seeking programs, a little bit more in our continuing education programs. So we churn out a diverse workforce in the individuals who come to us. And Duke Health was particularly focused on making sure, just as you said, that the personnel at Duke Health in all these different roles reflects the communities that it serves and the patients that it serves. And so we feel like this is going to contribute in a significant way to that. And these pathways, you can see nursing, surgical tech, clinical trials. I mean, it's one area where clinical trials, contract research organizations have been really focused on what their personnel looks like because they want to make sure that the clinical trials and the people involved in those also reflect patients who end up taking these life-saving medicines. And so across every way you can think of the idea is that this school, the graduates and the folks who go into the field will reflect the communities that it serves.
1: It's really an encouraging and exciting development. Healthcare isn't the only area in which Durham Tech is trying to, uh, educate our community. Our economy is strong. Unemployment outlook's pretty good. But there are some other program areas at the college that are big draws, I assume, these days, in addition to healthcare. What are some of the other ones that really are drawing a lot of attention at Durham Tech?
0: Well, when you think about what's what's happening in the economy and you think about areas like healthcare, then you also think about life sciences. And we, especially in biomanufacturing, think about groups like Novo Nordisk, with their diabetes-focused medicines. And they've got some weight loss drugs that have been in the news a lot lately. Eli Lilly, also similar, KBI BioPharma. I mean, the list goes on. Merck, a lot of good jobs in in life sciences. And we are seeing a not just steady, but increasing interest in those areas. You've got folks like Wolfspeed in the semiconductor space and advanced manufacturing, chem power, electric vehicle battery chargers, Obviously, VinFast looking to move into the area, so in the electric vehicle. So in this kind of green tech meets advanced manufacturing and life science, we are seeing not just a lot of interest, but uh, a lot of important pathways to jobs. And so we are working hard to make sure we've got those in place. But then the rate of growth in this area, a lot of interest in construction and skilled trades. And so whether you think about HVAC or plumbing or welding and construction-based construction based even automotive in general. We're just seeing a lot of interest in the skilled trades and a lot of take-up in those areas. And then increasingly, and I and I see this as post-COVID, but also just looking where the returns to education are in this community, people realize that a bachelor's degree still holds a lot of weight in this labor market. And so we are seeing increasing numbers, especially of high school students coming to us early, looking to kind of kick their effort towards an associates, which really is about getting them to a bachelor's afterwards. And with NC Central, UNC, NC State, even Duke in our backyard, a lot of interest in that baccalaureate level education. And so that's a big draw in this market as well.
1: How big is Durham Tech these days? How many students are you serving at
0: we, we serve whether you, if you come take one class with us or you're right. in a degree seeking program, we're between eighteen and twenty thousand a wow. year yeah, given the
1: year. As big as a major university. So what about funding? How is that going for the community colleges? I know there's some discussions, am I right, at the community college system level about altering or amending or updating how schools or individual campuses are funded. That's right. We've we've had a major
0: effort over the past year to look at how we support community colleges, what our funding formula looks like. And have a very robust proposal that's going to go in front of the General Assembly in the short session. Really pleased with leadership of our state board of community colleges and the President's Association, along with our new system president, Dr. Jeff Cox. So I think we have a strong focus that, that does a couple of things. One, it really looks at the workforce segments and thinks about how we support different workforce segments that have different cost structures. It costs a lot more to educate a nursing candidate than it does the two years of general education before you go on to four year and making sure across a lot of different workforce sectors, we've got those in place. It also really respects the fact that continuing education courses, short term workforce credentials and curriculum are two sides of the same coin. And so, for instance, in biomanufacturing, they're not looking for people with two year degrees. They're looking Mm -hmm. for people who can bring four to five month experiences in a credential like biowork into the field and starting jobs in the forty to $50,000 range. The faculty we've got to bring on for those courses, the course development we've got to do, the support for students is no different if they're in a two-year degree program or a four- to five-month program. And obviously the cost per student is different over four to five months versus two years. But what it takes to hire and train and retain faculty, the equipment that we need in the courses, these are not two different worlds. They're just two different versions of uh, preparation and training. So I think this new formula really respects what it takes to educate someone to be a productive member of the workforce. And I'm looking forward to working with the General Assembly to put it in place.
1: I'm going keep our fingers crossed on that front. We're coming to the end of our time with J.B. Buxton, who's the president of Durham Tech Community College. I think last time we talked, we talked about affordable housing, but I wonder if you have any other exciting initiatives for 2024, you got a lot on your plate. I don't know if there's anything else that you really wanted to lift up or tout.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you know, like this, this early college, we're, we're working with our three school systems in our service area. And so that's Durham Public Schools, Chapel Hill, Carrboro City Schools, and the Orange County Schools. We went first with Durham Public Schools and set a goal and a set of targets that 25% of the graduating class, that's about 525 students in Durham, will graduate with a credential or degree from us upon graduation from Durham Public Schools. So they will be both a high school and a college graduate in that normal. That's early college for everybody is the design. So the early college with Duke Health is really a part of a larger effort to accelerate degree completion by individuals in the community, knowing that when we get the public schools and the community college working together, we get two institutions taking care of a student and getting them, and it's for free because we can waive tuition. So we want for families for whom college is a reach and a stretch, we want to put it right within reach, and that's what we're doing. And so we're also doing that now over in Orange County. So very excited, very excited about this work with our three school systems and how we put college more in reach of more families in areas that we know are going to provide living wages.
1: J.B. Buxton is the president of Durham Tech Community College. As you can hear, he's doing a lot of amazing things. It's exciting news. We're, we're delighted to have play a part in sharing it. Thanks so much. Please keep up the good work. And I'm sure next time we check in, there'll be some more exciting news.
0: Rob, thank you as always for your focus on education.
1: Well, that's it for this edition of News and Views. Remember, you can check us out online and subscribe for free to some of our state's best news coverage and political commentary at ncnewsline.com. You can also listen to all of our interviews and commentaries wherever you get your podcasts. For producer Clayton Henkel, this is Rob Schofield. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week.
0: You've been listening to News and Views, a weekly look at state news events and public policy debates produced by North Carolina Newsline. Visit them online at ncnewsline.com.